Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having inside the agency. I'm Peter Ejicic, Head of Technology at Situation, and I have two wonderful guests with me today in Situation Studios, Lisa Cicchini, our VP of Media and Insights. Welcome back to the podcast, Lisa. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for being here. And we have a new voice on the podcast today, uh, one of our senior web developers, Cyrus Collier. Welcome, Cyrus. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that we could get together um, to have this conversation. Um, you know, our topic today is uh, I conceived of, and I, I thought you both would be great for it, because it's how do you, you both have jobs at the agency where you have to have an, an, a lot of very detailed information about how you do what you do. And we'll get to that in a second. I'd like you to tell us what you do. Um, and I know sometimes you have to kind of translate or code switch to talk to other people, whether they be clients or other people in the agency, to kind of describe uh, the, the details of what you do day to day. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll be able to jump into that and you can tell us some of the tips or tricks that you've learned to help communicate some very specific knowledge to a general audience. But before we jump into that, uh, Cyrus, let's start with you. Can you tell us what it is you do at Situation as a senior web developer? Yeah, so I um, I work with the rest of the uh, the rest of the development team to uh, kind of implement anything from small landing pages to large scale websites. Um, and yeah, we're uh, you know we're trying to we're trying to really build the team in the next twelve months. Um, Jeremy Strom, who's been on the uh, the podcast before, he's uh, he's he's the head of our development team, and so so he and I are going to be working a lot over the next. 12 months to really kind of build the team and really, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're going to be doing a lot of great things in the coming months. Well, it is, it is very exciting. I think we've got a really strong team uh, in the development department right now, and I can't wait to see what you guys do to, to make it even stronger. And Lisa, uh, can you remind our listeners what it is you do at the agency? Sure. So I oversee the media department. So the media department consists of media planners, media traffickers, and search engine marketing. And then I also oversee the general insights and data output and reporting of the agency. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, and and kind of like I said in the intro, it feels to me, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this assumption, but it feels like you both have a tremendous amount of specific knowledge in your brains that is related to what it is you do, that you, you, you have a language that almost that's, that's of your own or, or, or shared among your team where you're communicating some very specific things and, and kind of some examples of what I mean by that. Lisa, in a recent agency event, you talked about uh, the fact that Facebook has 212 metrics that measure the success of media buys on Facebook. And, you know, just to understand what those 212 metrics are and be able to translate them into this is something that we're reading to make sure that what we're doing is working. You, it just takes a lot of work to even understand what those metrics are, let alone, you know, create campaigns that are making the most of them or, or, or you know, being as successful as they can be. And, and Cyrus, as a, as a developer, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it jargon, but there's a lot of specific language to being a software developer to to create to working in literally to working in different languages to be a solution provider to to make something look nice on a screen for to dumb it down you know to my level um but is that fair to say do you guys agree with that and i guess what portion of your job do you spend learning that language or learning the specifics or the nuances of your craft is that a big part of what you do 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in addition to kind of uh, the what I do every day um, in terms of I work in this programming language, I work in this programming language, I'm communicating with other developers uh, about kind of the the nuts and bolts of, of, of how we're building it. One of my jobs also is to kind of step above that and kind of uh, explain, you know, why is it being done this way and what, what issues we're running into and, uh, you know, not trying to explain not in a technical way, but trying to explain to, say, a project manager or a designer, um, hey, look, you know, this, this problem, you know, has a solution, but uh, it's not the solution you want. Or if I build it this way, it's going to have these, impl- you know, these implications. That's, that's, the, that's the framework for, for the solution. And everything else you see is, is kind of the, that's, that's what's on the outside. Is there? Can you think of an example of a conversation in recent history where that specific idea kind of came into play? Whether it was communicating something to a project manager that kind of had to go into the weeds a little bit of of the why, not just the here's what my recommendation is, but here here are the implications. As you mentioned, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I think um, you know usually things involving. Uh, multimedia like like video or audio some or some kind of image processing uh, those kinds of things are more difficult to to abstract into non-technical terms mm-hmm. um, so you know I think there's you know I had some you know some some conversations with um, the recent site we launched where you know we were building a, a tool to upload for user to upload a video and have it end up on YouTube and there's there's about 10 different steps that have to happen to get that uh, on up on YouTube, and it's part of a long, you know, a long user flow with a lot of different steps. And um, you know, there's yeah, there's just a lot of technical minutia that has to go on, and sometimes it's hard to kind of push all that away and and see like, okay, what are the big concepts that need to be solved? Right. Well, and, and if you do your job right, you are you are n- intentionally hiding that complexity. So there could be 50 to 60 things going on in the background, but at the end of the day, if you do it elegantly, it looks easy. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons for that is because, you know, we want the end result to be, say, a completed website that, you know, has great user experience and, you know, looks beautiful. And, but things are, you know, things change so quickly in the technology field that the actual nuts and bolts of, Say that you know that API that connects our site to YouTube, that could you know that could change in six months. You know we have no way of knowing. Probably won't, but um, you know if we have to go back later and update some some library or some tool because now it's out of date or there's a better one. Um, you know that's sort of under the surface, and uh, the less of that complexity and that kind of ever changing river uh, is exposed to to people that aren't really in that world. I think. It, the better off we all are. <laughs> so, so my analogy of comparing kind of comparing it to speaking another language, maybe not even. Well, I, I will adapt it a little bit to say it's kind of it's not just like learning French and now you can speak French. It's like learning another language that, by design, is constantly changing, is constantly improving itself. So it's as if you know the, you're learning French, but next year's French is going to be completely different, and a lot of the old French will be deprecated and won't work anymore. So that's yeah, that's interesting. Lisa, what about what about in in the work that you do? Is it is there a similar sort of uh, vocabulary that is that that is fundamental to under understanding? Fundamentally, helps people to ha- engage with you, kind of to talk about what it is that you do every day. 
There is a lot of vocabulary and similar to development, it changes all the time. So, and there's something new all the time. I'm constantly learning something new every day, I would say. Um, And I'm in the Facebook and and Google help centers often because something new has popped up and I haven't seen it before. And what does that mean? And trying to figure out how that might work well for our clients. So it's a constantly evolving language, like you were saying. So there's always the opportunity to be learning more. And when it comes to communicating it, it all depends on the audience that you're speaking to. So if I'm talking to the media team, probably using a lot more jargon, a lot more acronyms, uh, a little bit less so when I'm talking to client services and a little bit less so again when I'm talking to clients. Yeah. And that's my job. That's my responsibility is to talk in a language that everyone's comfortable with and not everyone needs to understand it at a level that that I'm speaking at it. So making sure everyone feels comfortable and and you know my goal is to talk to some, to to really understand someone else's understanding of what I do and mm-hmm. then make a decision about how to modify the language when I'm talking to them because I certainly don't want anybody to feel embarrassed that they don't understand what I'm saying or, you know, not wanting to ask me a question for clarification. So I want to make sure they feel comfortable with the language, particularly with clients, because uh, that's that's part of the service that I really think they're paying for is for me to present the material to them in a digestible way. Right. Well, and I think we're, we're all, we can all sympathize with the idea of code switching, whether it's we speak one way with our family and another way with our friends, or if it's, you know, you know, the, it's a, that's a popular idea in, you know, between different racial groups, the idea that you have one voice that you talk to with, with your people that are like you and another voice that maybe you talk in that you with people that aren't like you. Uh, but I, I just, I think that, uh, you know, th- a lot of times when we're dealing with sophistication, I think we all know examples of people that we've talked to that intentionally obfuscate, especially around ideas of complexity, whether it's with around technology, let's just say, or around the sophistication of, uh, uh, you know, data and metrics and data storytelling. So do you, I'm, have you guys met folks in your life that you feel like, okay, you're intentionally not even trying to bring me along in this conversation. Oh, absolutely. We, um, this goes way, way back many years, but Damien and I used to work with someone and we used to joke that he would say, blah, 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 flux capacitor, blah, blah, blah. Yet another (laughs) back to the future reference. I feel like we reference back to the future all the time at this agency, but it, it was, it was clearly a, I think if I just talk above you all the time, you won't question what I'm saying and I can just do my thing. And and yeah. that's, A, it's, it's not very polite. And B, it's kind of a dangerous place to get to because when, if you're doing something and no one really understands the value that you're bringing to the table, that makes you kind of potentially disposable. They don't really understand the value that you're bringing. So you could really be hurting yourself if you're not speaking in a language that everyone can comprehend. Right. Well, and I, I've seen that be, I, th- I think you're 100% right that that in the long run that doesn't serve you. But I have definitely seen people try to prove their worth by being complicated in what they're talking about. I When I first started managing uh, web developers in my career many years ago, uh, it, it was by accident because uh, the web developer at the place I was working reported to the marketing team. And the marketing team, the head of the marketing team literally came to me one day and said, this seems like it's really taking a long time, but we don't understand this guy. We just can't tell if he's lying, if he's telling the truth, but but we feel like you probably can, so now you're going to manage him. And it was it, they just literally you know, changed the reporting structure because 
that person at the time was obfuscating, I think, with the idea that my job will be secure if nobody understand, nobody else understands what I'm talking about. Uh, Cyrus, do you do you have examples or, or thoughts from from your career where you've run into people that were uh, either intentionally or unintentionally just being too obtuse for other people to understand? I think not so much obtuse or kind of purposely obfuscating stuff. I think I think it's really just that engineers, uh, you know, as a stereotype, are not so good at communicating with people that are not the you know not like them mm. and. You know, in all the jobs I've had in years past, the 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 engineers I've seen that that succeed and become, you know, become become tech leads, become directors of technology, uh, you know, and become leaders in their in their department or their company. Those are the people that learn how to communicate outside of the world of engineering, and the people that that are maybe really good at. Um, you know, figuring out the best algorithm for for some some issue, or they're really good at you know doing database uh, SQL query optimization or some other thing. Like they're you know they're probably like a good engineer in that respect, but they're if if they're not able to communicate that to to the rest of the team and especially to non developers, you know that that really holds them back. And I've seen that in a lot of different cases. Well, I'm glad you said that because I think that is a really good point that, you know, it's not it's not necessarily an intentional complication, but just some of the concepts that need to be dealt with require a longer explanation or a longer dialogue or conversation or a deeper knowledge than can be had in a short conversation. And, you know, the pace at which we work here at the agency so much is uh, – let me let me find the problem. Let's talk about the solution. Okay, let's do it. And I think you know to convey the fact that something requires you know uh, this isn't a five minute solution. This might be a twenty minute solution to understand it, or you know even the value of kind of like, let's break it down into kind of zooming out to the fundamental concepts of what we're dealing with, and then we'll figure out how to how to move forward with it. And but do, when you, I imagine that there are things that you wish people might do in order to grasp some of the fundamentals of the complexity of the stuff that you're doing every day. Lisa, I know recently we did an agency-wide challenge to get Google certified. And uh, in, in and what, you know, anybody that was open to everybody in the agency where they could basically take some online training and pass some some tests at the end to to get certified through Google for kind of the fundamentals of, of working with them and their suite of products. Uh, was that, you know, what, we did that for a number of reasons, but for, and we had a, quite a few people complete that, which was great. Do you find that that changed the conversation? Did anyone come up to you afterwards and say, oh, I had, I really had no idea that this, this, that there was a depth of knowledge to the field that you work in every day. And I, now I can appreciate that on a different level. And I feel like I can understand it more when I hear you present at one of our agency events or talk at our full company meetings. Has that changed at all? Well, one of the people that did complete all of the exams was our VP of operations, Maria. And she will never be in the Google AdWords interface optimizing a campaign or anything like that. So it's not knowledge that she needs in order to do her specific job. However, she and I were recently having a conversation where I was explaining something to her about search specifically, and she knew what I was talking about. Like I didn't have to go into lots more detail than I would have because she, and she said like, I remember that from the test or I remember that like she recalled some of those things. Um, so it just, and anytime someone understands somebody else's job in a, in a better way, 
I've never seen that ever hurt. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. always a good thing. Like if I understand what your day to day is, chances of me respecting your time, respecting the value that you bring to the agency, being able to have a more deep and meaningful conversation about our collective goals and what we're trying to do for the agency, probably always going to be better. Mm-hmm. So, and it would be great if there was ever an opportunity maybe to do something very similar in the development space, because again, a, a lot of jargon that most of us probably don't know, but if we have a much better understanding of the language, with that will come even me, I mean, I think we all have tremendous respect for developers, but it would grow even more once we have even a better, even an ele- very elementary understanding of the the incredible work that that team does every day. Yeah. Uh, Cyrus, uh, you know, one of the roles here at the agency that I think does interface most directly with our developer team is uh, our project managers. So on some level, do you, you know, are there things that you do or that you've noticed that we do as an agency? Uh, you know, I think on one level, there there just is a meeting every week that we have with those two teams to kind of talk them through. But I think if, if anybody can appreciate kind of the needs of getting you the information or the resources you need as a developer to do your job, it's probably the PM team. Can What do you do to kind of foster the relationship and the understanding and share the knowledge with those with those folks specifically? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think I think the times when I've seen project managers really succeed, it's when they they put forth a concerted effort to, to really understand the needs of the developers and you know their you know the things they're struggling with in terms of okay this this thing was supposed to take one day it's now taking four days you know how can I help you know explain it to me explain what's going on. Um, and, and also I think when, when project managers do have like a kind of a baseline of, of understanding of what we do, you know, it gives them more appreciation for, uh, some of the, you know, some of the QA process and it it makes it easier for them to, to spot bugs or to, to see something and they notice, oh, that's, that's not a big deal or, oh, maybe that is a big deal. Um, it saves us a lot of, a lot of trouble, um, as, as opposed to someone that has absolutely no knowledge of, of development and, you know, and how a website is supposed to be presented and, and, and then they just, you know, it, it turns up being a lot more noise because of that, because there isn't this, this commonality of, um, kind of understanding of the basic building blocks of what, you know, what a, what a website is made of. Mm. And I think, uh, I think both of you, something that both of you do really well is and because I've witnessed it and in, in having conversations with you, I think you do have the ability to uh, break down the fundamentals of kind of the complexity of your jobs to other people. I think you both do that really uh, successfully. But do you ever find that? Do you ever does the, the the knowledge that you have ever get in your way in communicating? I, this happens to me all the time. I, I can tell when I'm rambling or I get into the weeds or like I've gone down a rabbit hole and I just see people's eyes start to glaze over. Does that ever happen with you guys in your day to day? And and what do you do when you notice that's happening? Yeah, no that that uh, that definitely happens to me. I think um, I think I've I've had to learn over the years to uh, yeah to have like to just kind of stop myself short and. And be like, all right, I don't want to get any more detail. Um, you know, here's here's the as 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 my dad likes to call, it, here's the Raiders Digest version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just you know, kind of kind of sum it up with with you know with simple concepts and um, and try not to yeah go down go down a rabbit hole of of technical details. 
I think what you were saying about the eyes glazing over is a big thing for me is to watch for the nonverbal cues that you've lost somebody. Yeah. You know, is it what is the body language telling you that they may or may not be comprehending and then adjust the message as needed? And and how important is it then to be able to kind of sit down with people that do understand what it is you do, whether it's other people in your department or if you, Lisa, I know you recently went to Google uh, you know, and I'm assuming you were kind of with a lot of like-minded, like-experienced people. Do you, what's it like when you can kind of sit down and not have to censor yourself or try to follow, see if somebody else is following along when you can just kind of really geek out in your area of specialty? Is that recharging? Is that how, and how often do you feel like, what, what are the things you do to kind of go to that place? Is that important? Well, what's interesting, when I was at Google last week in Mountain View, um, the last day I was, we were broken into focus groups and I was with a focus group of 10 other people and they were all doing extremely sophisticated analytical work for their clients and, and they had access to tools that we could never imagine affording as a small agency. Like they were all from like big, big, you know, holding company agencies with all the tools they could possibly want. And they were talking in all kinds of acronyms that I was just, oh yeah, smiling, nodding and pretending <laughs> I knew what they were talking about. And then later I was looking up. Um, so in some ways it's good, but even then it's funny because um, and this might not be fair, but I was in a focus group of all men and me, which mm. is maybe we could talk about diversity on another yeah. podcast. Oh, for sure. Um, but I was in a team of men and it did it had a feel of, well, I'm gonna try and out acronym you to sound super smart and blah, blah, blah. And it kept like the odds were, you know, kept going yeah. up and up and up. Um, so it was kind of interesting. So in some ways it's kind of good because I felt challenged. I had a moment of I feel like I'm the dumbest person here. And that's kind of exciting because that makes me want to go go away and learn more. Right. Um, but at the same time, as an observer of this escalation of I can out acronym you, it also doesn't necessarily bring like the most productive conversation along because then at times it seemed like people were trying to not necessarily communicate in a way that was benefiting the whole group. It might have been more of a conversation of, well, let me show how I'm the why do you assume you're the smartest in the room? So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think for I think that's probably really valuable as well to for number one for a lot of our listeners to hear that you know we all feel that way sometimes you know even we and I think it's probably pretty humbling when we do feel like we're being out acronymed uh, uh, to to remember how somebody else may feel if we're act, if we're doing that unintentionally around somebody, I think with that empathy is really important. Um, you know, uh, Cyrus, do do you is that something that you ever can uh, associate with in terms of it, you know being being able to whether it's sitting down with our other senior web developers and just kind of you know getting lost in that detail? Uh, do you make time for that as part of your work here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, what you said, Lisa, about kind of being in a room and everyone's just throwing acronyms and all these technical uh, phrases everywhere. You know, the same thing happens with engineers. Um, and I think one of the one of the difficult things with engineers is that we're all in the business of solving problems, and and there's 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 usually ten or twenty different ways to solve a lot of problems. And so, what I've noticed, you know, sometimes happens if there's a group of developers in a room is instead of focusing on like actually solving the problem or kind of talking about it in, in terms of 
okay, what's the actual goal and objective? We get kind of caught up in like, oh, should we use this tool? Should we use this tool? You know, kind of talking in those in those details. And, you know, those are important things to talk about at some point. But I usually like to kind of start with the why of like, okay, why are we doing this? You know, why do we need to solve this problem? Is this even a problem to begin with? Can we solve it a different way? And 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 actually kind of purposely steer, try to steer developers away from kind of kind of geeking out on on all the different all the different kinds of tools and libraries and you know different different things that we can use to actually actually implement those solutions because those things you know yeah there's so many different possibilities they change so rapidly um so you know trying to trying to focus on the big picture i think is important well i'm glad you you said that because i i think one of the things as someone who has uh worked with a lot of developers in the course of my career what i have seen is sometimes the best, the 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 biggest challenge is the thing that can be appealing to work on, but that may not be the thing that gets the project done in the way it needs to be. I, I sometimes call it the developer black hole, where there's just one really hard nut to crack that that but that and that it's easy to sometimes really focus on that because that's the most interesting thing to our brain right it's the i am really going to sit down and solve this issue and you can spend hours and hours and hours you know fixing one thing maybe at the neglect of kind of the the whole but but i think that's one a similar character trait that makes somebody a really good developer to begin with that they're they're curious that they're dissatisfied that they really do want to figure out the most elegant way to do something and you know the reality is we have to mix that in with uh well, okay, but we we need to finish this site by Friday, or we need to deliver a report to a client that kind of that they can understand where should they spend their next dollars. But but I think uh, do you find that curiosity is a character trait that uh, is important to the people that are successful doing what you do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, you know you kind of you you know you have to be curious because, like I said before, things are changing so quickly that if you get stuck in one way of doing things, one way of writing your code, you know, one particular programming language, one particular, uh, you know, content management system, um, you know, you're eventually going to fall behind the curve. Um, and I think to your point about kind of uh, uh, balancing what's, what's most interesting on a project versus what's what's the most important, um, there, yeah, there have been so many projects where I feel like I spend about 80% of my time solving 20% of 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 the the solution you know 20% of the solution so it's that's that's always one of the big challenges and and that's one of the things that's that I think a good developer has to communicate to to the stakeholders of the project is you know okay this little thing over here I know this one person thinks it's important and it's cool but that's that's going to take up like you know that's going to take up half the budget to do that right and all these other things that seem like they're, oh, this is a lot of pages. There's a lot of things going on. No, no, that's, that's really simple. Like we do that kind of stuff all the time. That's no problem. Yeah. And sort of trying to, trying to bridge that, that those, those expectations of what, of what is difficult and what is not difficult, I think is one of yeah. the most important things for a developer to do. Lisa, what about you? I can definitely fall into a black hole in particularly in Google analytics sometimes just digging and digging, trying to find answers to, you know, why, why did something happen or trying to figure out exactly who that audience is. Um, and you can just kind of find yourself just, you know, you find some little tidbit of data and then you just want to deep dive into that more and you find something else you want to deep dive into that more. And sometimes you can get kind of far into the weeds, you have to pull yourself back a little bit. 
But I love, that's one of my favorite parts. I, I love when somebody from client service, someone just did it to me this morning. They were like, this happened yesterday. I go, can you figure out why? I mean, I love that. It's like, yeah, I can figure out why. Um, but I can get easily distracted from doing something that's maybe a little more pressing just because I want to figure it out. Right. Um, but that stuff's fun. Like that curiosity, that's what makes it really interesting to me is digging through, you know, the, the massive data to try and find that answer. Did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever read like, Nancy Drew or Encyclopedia Brown or any of those. Nancy like, Drew, yeah. Nancy Drew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, having, you know, having a mystery to solve mm-hmm. can be very compelling. Yes. For sure. Well, guys, thank you so much. I, you know, before we wrap up, uh, just if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, whether it's someone working at the agency, someone working outside the agency, to kind of get a good, maybe a foundational approach to learning a little bit more about what it is you do. Is there uh, a video or a book or, or a website that you would recommend that they go to just to kind of maybe get a, a start to get a deeper appreciation of the stuff that is what you do every single day? Or if you had a nephew or a niece or a kid who was saying, I, like, I think what you do is interesting, where can I go to get on the path for this? Is there something you could recommend? Yeah. I mean, obviously for for things like Learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript. There's you know there's a there's a ton of online resources. There's there's tutorials. There's video series. Uh, a lot of them are free or almost free. Um, but I think I think what's probably more important than that, and, and some of these, you know, some of these uh, web development classes and stuff, you know, make you do this. But I think I think learning through doing is so important with this stuff. It's like you could you could learn until you're blue in the face about how HTML and CSS works. But spending half an hour, an hour actually building a web page and having to put in, you know, just you know, pretend like you're like you're making a little web page for your parents or something, and and just putting some information in there, playing around with with different you know different tags that you've learned about, actually put some CSS in there, um, you know, that I think I think learning through doing is so important, and um, and that's how I got started. Like I'm I'm entirely self taught. Right. Uh, I, I had no formal training in this, so. Um, and, and the way I learned was just, I just jumped in and started doing it and, 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 and eventually people started paying me to do it. <laughs> so, so once they've built their first web page, then Lisa, would you suggest put the Google analytics tag in there and then look at the dashboard and see what you can learn and go through all the various different menus until you, you know, to try to get a fundamental or is there something that you could recommend people look at to, to understand data more completely? Yeah. Once you build that first web page, yes, Absolutely put some Google Analytics on there, and then just start poking around and see. Though I would say Google has a significant number of tutorial videos out there. Um, Like we talked about the the certification, there's a Google Analytics certification test. So they have um, videos that you can watch to prepare for that exam. So there's a lot of great free resources out there on YouTube just to learn all about Google. And again, since Google's so large, I mean, some of the fundamentals of digital marketing are going to be covered in those materials. And you'll find that if you can get some of that information down, a lot of that can be applied to buying digital media in other places. Well, and one of the things that I think is is important to remember with, with both of these disciplines is when people put out resources in the world to educate people, they're not trying to wash people out. 
you know, it's not like you, you know, med school where there's only going to be a certain number of doctors because there's only a certain number of, of roles and, you know, look to the person to your left and your person to your right and somebody's not going to be here. What I have found when you're, when you're learning about most things digital, whether it's developing or, or working with analytics or, or in the Google classes, they actively want you to learn. So they spend the time to make the stuff understandable. They want to give you examples where you're going to succeed, not to give you something that's so hard that you're going to throw your hands up. Now, not, it's not always successful, but but most of these things that you guys are talking about actively want to get the point across and are being refined so that the concepts do make sense. I, I found that to be true. Yeah. If we're successful in implementing a campaign and it's returning the results that we want, we will spend more money, which means Google right. makes more money or Facebook or whoever. And then so they're happy. We're happy because we're seeing the results. So it's a win-win. So it's, it is in their best interest to provide us excellent resources in order to make sure that we're doing things to the best possible way that we can. Well, in terms of development, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's been a shortage of good web developers for, for years now. And it's, you know, it's not a, unlike other industries, it's not a zero sum game. If like, if, if there's all these people teaching, you know, teaching younger people how to, how to create websites and how to do various things on, online, it doesn't mean that there'll be less work for the rest of us. It, it just means that, you know, the internet will, you know, will continue to grow and there'll be more websites. Um, and yeah, and, and just they'll, you know, the more, the more people that are doing it, the more, the more innovation that's going to happen. And the more, yeah, the more, the more great stuff is going to come out of the minds of fellow developers. Well, we would love to hear the great stuff that comes out of the minds of our listeners. If you guys have any feedback for us, want to ask questions, uh, questions for Lisa or Cyrus or, or uh, suggest topics for the podcast, please let us know. Send an email to podcast at situation.nyc. Lisa, Cyrus, thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Our pleasure. And we'll talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. 